You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 44. Is it the coronavirus or is it mold sickness? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, this whole spring forward thing is just messing me up. I I like later hours, but I do not like the idea of losing an hour. What do you think of it? I don't particularly care for it either. I I can't remember. I think it was President Bush changed it to where we'd even do it earlier. Because back when we were kids, we'd do it like around Easter. Oh, that's right. So now we do it earlier. I... (laughs) When they originally did this, we didn't have electrical power like we do now. And, and I mean, they, they did when they changed it. And I don't, I don't know who, who started all this, but the purpose behind it was to conserve energy. Well, to me, whether it's dark an hour later or sunny an hour later, to me, it makes no difference. So it's just confusing. And, uh, I know a lot of people, they forget. They're like, Oh, wait. So, did I change it on my watch or did I do this? And then they end up, this time of year, they end up being an hour late for work. <laughs> Whereas in the fall, they're an hour early. So, exactly. so yeah, we, I know in Wyoming, they actually passed it through just the, it, it just went through, I think, uh, the, the, uh, Congress people, but it obviously has to go through a few more, uh, chambers, but they're trying to do away with it. And as far as I know, Arizona is the only state that doesn't do it. And I think Washington is soon on in its way to be the next one, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it'd be easier if nobody did it. Exactly. So, and I am curious. It's, it's something that it just, once again, we're supposed to be talking about mold, but this is something I just thought of. Do other countries do this? I don't know. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if they You'd do. Think they'd have to. Anyhow, it, yeah. it's all confusing. It's, it is, which you know, at least now it'll get dark at what eight o'clock at night instead of seven. Yeah, better. So, 
Better, better. More yeah, time outside. More time hours. for you to fish. I was about to say. More time for you to fish. <laughs> All right. So today's episode, you know, everybody is going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over this coronavirus thing. They are freaking out. They are wearing masks. Like you have for your mole jobs all over the place. You think? Well, they're wearing the paper masks. Yeah. Which, by the way, does no good. No good. Yeah, exactly. You need a N95, which is what we use. Yeah. We have paper masks, but yeah. Yeah. So it's so. I mean, let's talk about it because mold sickness gets very little awareness, and yet it happens more, and it has really bad effects on many more people than the coronavirus. So today, the question is: Is it the coronavirus or is it mold sickness? What do you have to say about that? Well, going back to what you were just saying, it's, um, you know, I'm not telling any of our listeners not to be concerned about it, but it's quite interesting. I don't know in other places across the nation or world, but I know we see a lot of stuff from Utah and like Costco has no toilet paper. Exactly. I asked you the other day, are they going to wrap themselves in toilet paper? Or what, what, what? What's the big deal? It, it to me, it's just kind of odd how people are, they're really freaking out over something. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be concerned, but, you know, a lot of people, it's just getting all this attention because it's the coronavirus, whereas they don't even really talk about flu. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just kind of, it's kind of odd. And what bothers me the most, and I say this to you every time we see a story on it, now I just fast forward through it because it's getting kind of old, but I keep saying, I wish they would put this much emphasis on flu, or, or sorry, not flu, but mold. Mm-hmm. We, you know, they, they just passed a bill, I think, like $8 billion. I mean. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Why don't we spend that kind of money testing homes for mold or maybe passing legislation that landlords have to address mold issues? It's just, it's frustrating from a, a mold specialist point of view to see all the attention the coronavirus is getting, and mold just never, never gets any attention. No, I, I totally agree. And and the funny thing is, when you think about things like how many people die every year from the flu, how many people die every year from pneumonia, right? It those numbers trump the coronavirus by a lot, right? And and that's what you know when we watch these news stories. You know, Washington State obviously has the most, and I believe there there's only I think California maybe had one. I'm not for sure, but I think. I think Washington State has, I think, 11 or 12 uh, fatalities from this, but they're all from a same rest home. So these people have other underlying conditions, and it, and it goes back to flu and pneumonia. Most of the people that are affected by it have, you know, autoimmune disorders or um, COPD, or there's underlying conditions, and that I think that's why they don't make a big deal out of it, which brings us back to... That's why I don't think they make a big deal out of, like, mold. You don't really hear so-and-so died because of mold. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about that actress here a few weeks ago. Yeah, I can't remember her name. She was in Clueless, though. I know. Brittany. Brittany something. Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy, yes. So there's a documentary on that on, um, I I, I think I watched it on Amazon Prime, but I can't remember. It's a HBO documentary. But anyhow... She died, uh, she was showing all the symptoms, you know, shortness of breath, all this stuff. Well, at the end of the day, she had a lot of drugs in her system. And I'm not saying illegal drugs, but so they didn't, they didn't classify her death as because of mold. Well, ironically, watching this documentary, the home she lived in was, and this is in California, not a humid state. Supposedly they kept all the windows always closed up and whatnot, but her husband died like six or eight months later. Yeah. And so 
like I said, it's just interesting how they don't ever really bring it back to mold sickness that, that contributed. I'm not going to say it directly killed them, but they never talk about it. It's just, it's kind of odd. It is kind of odd. And, you know, the more that you talk about sort of coronavirus, the fatalities, and, and the fact that they're not talking about the underlying conditions that compromised somebody's immune system before coronavirus even showed up, connect that to mold sickness. Because I think you talk so much about um, everybody's affected by mold differently, and those underlying conditions are a factor in mold sickness. So how would somebody know the difference between oh, is this mold sickness or oh, is this coronavirus? And how do the underlying conditions play a role in both? So it goes back to something we talk about all the time is you you need to document things. So let's say coronavirus, they, you know, you, you get infected with it um, and you go through, you know, all the symptoms and for mo- the most part, and they say most people could have it. They just don't know it. Their body fights it off. Well, you, that's just a, a short duration of time. So let's just say, you know, it's a week or two. Um, mold sickness could do the same thing. So if it's doing it only for a week or two, it might tell us, you know, did you spend a lot of time in the basement for a few days and then for a week or two you experience these symptoms? Now, that's why you need the journal so that you can document everything that way we know where you spent most of your time. The big thing is with mold sickness is the symptoms typically don't go away. Things just get worse and worse. And by the time you kind of have that, you know, aha moment that, hey, I maybe need to go to a doctor. It's I'm not saying it's too late, but you, you've you experienced so much uh, mold exposure. It's tough to, and you can detox from it, but it's a lot tougher. So... I guess my point is, is to answer your question, there's short-term negative health effects for something like the flu or coronavirus, whereas mold sickness, it's chronic. and But it doesn't have to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. It can be. It could be short-term and it could be, you know, maybe you spend a lot of time out in your garage, you know, rebuilding something. or And that's why a journal is so important. And don't you think the other fact is that mold spores are naturally present in the air. And so if you have a toxic mold issue in your home, it's not that you're exposed to it once and get it. You're being exposed to it all the time that you're spending in your home. Right, right. But once, once again, this is why I say it's so complex because, you know, yeah, the mold spores are naturally present. You could be being exposed to it all the time. Now, let's say... You have stachybotrys, which I've said is a, it's a heavier, stickier mold. So it's typically going to be, you know, at the baseboards or at the carpets or whatnot. Let's say in the spring, you go through that couple months where you don't run your, your air handler, your HVAC system. So maybe you feel fine for, you know, a month or six weeks or whatnot. Then in the summer, when you kick your AC on, you start experiencing it again. So that would tell me, and once again, you go back to your journal and timeline, that would tell me that it could be stachybotrys, so it's it's laying low, literally. And then also it could be in your in your HVAC ducts. So that's why it's so complex, because it the symptoms could go away for a while. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that's why mold is so complex. And I, I think that's the reason why the awareness isn't there. It you know 
I, I talk about this with my clients all the time. A lot of people just don't want to spend the money that it's going to take to, to hire a specialist. They just kind of want to go to a doctor and have a doctor prescribe something and everything's going to be good. Exactly. And, and, and really, so, and the tricky part is the testing factor. I mean, do you feel like people need testing so they know what they're dealing with? As far as the coronavirus or mold? Both. Okay. So, so with the coronavirus, um, there's, there's different symptoms with the coronavirus than there is with the flu. The flu, you know, your, your typical seasonal flu, you're going to have the cough, the sneezing, uh, things like that, a fever. When it comes to the coronavirus, you actually, it'll give you diarrhea. Uh, your fever actually is higher than what a fever normally is with the flu. Um, it, uh, it can give you short, coronavirus would be shortness of breath where it's, it's different symptoms. So when you start experiencing those different symptoms, then yeah, you should go to a doctor. And we're hearing this now and, and you know, to me it's common sense, but I, some people lack it, I guess. But if you do think you have coronavirus, don't just get in your car and go to the, the medical clinic. You need to call them ahead of time and say, hey, you know, I believe I have the coronavirus. And please, if you're hypochondriac, don't do this to waste people's time. But set it up and then, you know, tell them, I'm going to I'm gonna be in a red, you know, crew cab pickup. We'll just pull up to the main entrance. Then that Then the clinic can be prepared for you. That way you don't walk into the clinic and expose everybody else to it. So then on the mold side, it, 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 to me, you, you don't need to experience certain symptoms to say, Oh, I should have my home tested for mold. That should be a routine thing you do every other year. Okay. So, you know, whether you believe it's from the flu or from mold exposure, you should have your home tested that way, you know, because part of your journal and your timeline is us coming in and doing tests. So we can say, okay, in 2016, this is what you had versus 2020. Does that make sense? And so when people are having their home tested for mold every other year, what are they, I mean, because I think this is where people get a little confused. They go, okay, so if I'm going to get my mold tested in my home, I'm going to hire somebody, but what are they going to give me back that I can keep as documentation? Are they getting a report back? From the person who's testing for mold, what are they getting? That, that's actually a great question because, you know, I, I do a lot of research when we, when I'm writing books and, you know, putting podcasts together and it, it, it's, it's kind of sad, but every company gives you something totally different. And as far as a report, so I'll just tell you what we do. So, you know, when we go in and we do a, obviously, a mold inspection. It's a very thorough inspection. We give you a report as to our findings for that. So I'll, I would list all the defects, you know, grading and drainage, shingles missing, whatnot. Then I obviously, the samples that I take, I send them off to a lab. Microbiologist takes a few days. They send me the lab report. Well, the lab report for most people, they wouldn't understand what it means. And so I look at that and I, I've already done my CSI investigation with clients. I've found out the health conditions they're dealing with, how long it's been happening, a ton of things. And so then I look at, at what I'm seeing versus what they told me. And then I determine or try to what's really going on. Um, so then I, I type up what we call an interpretations letter and give them my advice. Now, other companies will just say, well, there was no toxic mold, so you're good. 
that's that's not how we operate. We we're 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 more or less on the specialized part of it where we say, okay, you know, here's the mold types you have. Here's what are the common mold types. This might be elevated. Uh, you may be experiencing mold sickness due to your health conditions or what room you're in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, so there's some, there's some companies that they just, it's a pass or fail. And we talk about that and it just, like I said, it, it's kind of irritating from my perspective because it makes the rest of us look like we're just selling snake oil when we're not. So there's no pass or fail. Some companies do it however they want, but we, we have a more personalized, uh, specialized method as far as what, what, what our opinion is or interpretations. Does that make sense? It does. And I guess my question is if somebody has already gotten mold testing done or they've scheduled it and they're about to, and, and what they get back from that company doesn't really tell them anything about anything. Is that something that somebody could do a mold consultation with you? Of course. And you could look at the report and get, and really do that CSI right. investigation with them. Right. And so, so, you know, we deal with clients all over. Mm-hmm. And so don't think that because you're not in Wyoming that our services are not for you. You know, the CSI investigation I told you about that we do on a mold inspection on site, I do the same type of things with the mold consultation. Um, you help me create the documents because I'm kind of computer illiterate when it comes to that. But you know that, that they get a questionnaire and it's very, very detailed as to, you know, what they're experiencing. And then, you know, I'll shoot them an email after I get that and say, hey, do you have pictures of this? Have you done? And, and the questions are in the questionnaire. Have you had previous testing? So most definitely. And, and you know, obviously I'm biased because it's it, it's me, but it's it's well worth paying the money for a 90 minute phone consultation. Cause it's not just i I'm not going to just look at your stuff and go, yeah, that's good. We're going to, we're going to dive pretty deep into what's going on and not just with, with your mold, maybe what's going on with the, the property you're living in, whether it's a rental or your owner, you know, we're, we're going to dive deep into that. That's awesome. So what, so when you think about it, the coronavirus, obviously you went over that has very different symptoms, even from the flu, definitely different from mold sickness. What is the, what do you think people should be doing at this point? Because lots of people are freaking out about coronavirus, not even thinking about mold sickness, which is a bigger deal. What's your call to action for people? So, like I said earlier, most people could have it and they don't even know it. Their body just fights it off and, and obviously you have an immunity to it. If if you if you think it's the normal flu and, and your body's just going to fight it off, don't worry about it. The worst thing you can do is go out and hoard up masks and things like that because you shouldn't be wearing a mask unless you have the coronavirus and if you have the coronavirus you shouldn't be out in public period exactly so plus on top of that those these paper masks we see everybody wearing they're particulate filters they're for like dust you have to have an n95 filter on there which is not a paper mask well there's some but they're they look a little different i wouldn't recommend those at all i like the masks we wear We have full face masks. We have half masks. Both of them have N95 filters on it. And it has a rubber kind of outer lining to it. So it fits to your face. Those paper masks, they're, they're kind of worthless. So, so in my opinion, if, if you're, if you're not showing the symptoms, you just think it's the flu, then approach it that way. 
But like I said earlier, when it comes to mold, you should have mold testing done. Just so, even if nothing's wrong, just so we know what's going on in your home. So every other year is your yes. recommendation. Every yeah. other year have mold testing well, done. Well, that, that, that's if, if you don't have moisture intrusion events. Okay. If you have a flooding event or, um, you know, windstorm took half your shingles off, you obviously, if you have moisture intrusion, you need to test after that. Just to make sure. And I'm not, obviously we wouldn't go do that test. Even if you do a do-it-yourself test, you can do that and, and then schedule a consultation with us and, and I can explain, you know, well, here's the next steps you should take. And if there's a moisture intrusion event, obviously mold can start reproducing within 48 hours. When Correct. should they have the testing done after, how long after a moisture intrusion event? I would say, once again, there's so many factors that play into it. You know, did you have a restoration company come in and do the dry up and all that? But I would say probably about a week, okay. week to 10 days. So when, Interestingly, talking about that, um, I'm creating a course right now on Udemy, and it's a do-it-yourself mold inspection course. And the purpose of that is, we just, I just talked about the do-it-yourself test kit. The purpose of that is, is for you to be able to do, you know, a homeowner's level mold inspection to determine if you need to bring in a mold specialist that's going to charge you a lot more money, $700, whatever it's going to cost. So we should have, um, this is our first go at this. So hopefully we have that up and running here in the next couple of weeks. Definitely. And be sure to look for, for CNC and for Steve on you, Demi. Now, final point, since we've sprung forward, I'm still getting used to that by an hour. Is it time to change the smoke and the CO batteries yes. and all of that kind of stuff? Yep. And we go, um, I don't have the timeline right in front of me, but I think in a couple of weeks we do a spring checklist and that's part of it. But it's, it's always easy to remember. We've talked about this before, you know, like every Memorial Day, that's when you do your pre-summer stuff or every Labor Day, your pre-winter stuff. So yeah, make sure you, you check your smoke detectors and CO and change the batteries. But even if they're not bad, just get in the habit of changing them. That way they work when you need them. Awesome. Well, there you have it. All right, everybody, please be sure to subscribe, like, find us on Facebook, CNC Contractor Services, and we will talk to you on the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.